104.7 The Cave. KKLH, Marshfield, Springfield. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. Touchdown, Kansas City! Now, it's time for Ned Talk. Yep, that's right. We're back in the studio after taking 4th of July off. Everybody have a good 4th of July, Ned. It was very pleasant, very nice, uh, very celebratory, and very patriotic the way it should be. Yeah, did you, uh, all your digits still there? Did you shoot <laughs> off fireworks? No, no, but in my neighborhood, it was uh, back to Nam. It's what it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> all right. I know you probably shot off fireworks, didn't you, John? Uh, yeah, the kids did. So the good news is we're not we're not down any digits with them either. So okay, good Fourth uh, of July. Yeah, no, they had a good time. I agree with Ned though. And out where I'm at, just outside city limits, there were Marka. tons of fireworks. Marka. Tons, and we're still celebrating apparently. So happy yes. <laughs> happy July 10th and yeah. July 11th. Right. What about you, Josh? Yeah, yeah, it was a good time. I, I went over to a friend's house and hung out, and we barbecued. And you don't have any friends. Yeah, you're right. Don't lie about uh, that. But then my neighborhood, I live outside the city, too, and so the fireworks have not stopped yet either. Mm-hmm. I think people over, maybe not overspent, but they had they wanted this to be a big one. So I heard there was a slight fireworks shortage this year, mm-hmm. like everything else in the world. Shortage of things. I know prices were driven up quite a bit. Yeah. I know some people that uh, sell them, and they said prices were at least up 50%, if not double. Yeah. They were. Uh, my, my nephew always goes and buys one of those big artillery shell things, and uh, he usually spends about, usually in the last day, you can get one of those for about $100, $150. They were, they were $400 oh, where my he was trying to buy them. So, I mean, that's crazy. Well, so. Wait a minute. How can there be problems with the economy when people are exploding two and three and $400 <laughs> worth of fireworks? Well, I don't know. That's just what, we, that's just what we're being told is wrong. <laughs> But uh, today, uh, one of the major events of the summer wrapped up, and that's Wimbledon. And our winner, I'll mm-hmm. let Ned tell you about that's that. Novak Djokovic wins the men's singles title, and that's that's hardly unexpected. He's the number one ranked player in the world. He is he is at the peak of his career right now, and going for what is very, very, very difficult, and that's an annual, in this case, a by the year, Grand Slam in tennis. He's already nice. won Australia. He won the French. Now he's won Wimbledon. He has only the U.S. Open. Only the U.S. Open. Right. Only the U.S. Open. <laughs> and uh, he does that, and he becomes a, a Grand Slam winner for one year, and that's extremely difficult. Now, there are others who have won all four Grand Slam events, but it's been over several several years, several seasons. But to win one in a single season is very tough. And it, it just is symbolic of his dominance in the sport. Mm-hmm. He's the winner, and the men and the women's number one seed, Ashley Barty from Australia, also the winner, uh, beat Pliskova, Caroline Pliskova, who is a very good player. Mm-hmm. But Barty, Barty is outstanding player. Yes, she, yes. Barty is going on to Japan for the Olympics. I don't know about Djokovic if he's going to play or not, but I know Nadal is not yeah. and Federer is not. What about your boy, Roger? Do you think he's done or do you think he has something left in the tank? It depends on how you categorize something left. Yes, he'll he'll win. He'll continue to win his matches, but can he get over the top? The fella he lost to at Wimbledon, and he lost to him significantly, was uh, Hubert Herkosh from, uh, from Poland. And he's 24, very strong young player. But in... In Federer's prime, he would have beaten this guy rather handily. Mm-hmm. Instead, Roger loses in straight sets, and the final set was 6 nothing, 6-love. Six mm-hmm. oh. That just has not happened to Roger Federer 
I think in in his career, I think it's three or four times, something like that. And think about his career. The guy oh turns gosh. 40 coming up here very shortly. Mm-hmm. But is he done? Again, I maybe as far as winning Grand Slam championships are concerned, but no, he's not done as far as winning matches. Uh, he'll continue to do that. The guy's still a great player. John, did you watch much of Wimbledon this year? I actually watched a little bit. I was a big tennis fan when I was younger, and I've you know, I lost interest for a few years, and then the last probably three or four years, I've kind of gotten back into it. So I did watch a little bit. It's entertaining. Barty is a very impressive women's tennis player. I got to see a lot of her, and uh, yeah, I think she's she's going to be dominant. You can, you, when you take a look at her, she's not uh, she's not your picturesque. And don't uh, this is insulting? I know, but she she's a, she's a stocky, athletic yes. kid who can hit the daylights out of the tennis. Yes, ball. she can. What about you, Josh? Did you watch any Wimbledon this year? I did not. Uh, <laughs> Why are you even on this show? Why am I here? <laughs> what day is this? <laughs> No, did you? I mean, do you care? Is it? it, it it's, you know, I've, I, I, I always look at the, I look at the results. I look to see who's winning, just so I know who the top players are. But I, I'm not enough of a fan of tennis to watch. I mean, every time I try to watch it, I fall asleep. So it's good for a nap for me. <laughs> oh, I watched, here, I watched, here. yeah, I watched Djokovic <laughs> play the other day, and he just, he looked sharp. He just looked. Uh, we were talking before we went on the air. He looked absolutely like he was the best player in the world, and it would be hard for anybody to beat him. Yes. Do you think tennis still has the same cachet that it did 20 years ago, 25 no, years ago? No, no, not in this country because we haven't really produced any any top-flight players. Mm-hmm. There are some, mostly female, but it it doesn't have the overall resonance than it did Oh, I'm going to guess about 20, 25 years mm-hmm. ago. Instead, interestingly enough, pickleball has taken over yes. now. Now, pickleball <laughs> is is not tennis, and it's it's really unlike anything else other than a glorified ping pong somewhere along that line. <laughs> I don't, they, they, you know, that it's a good it's a good workout and all that. You mm-hmm. don't run; it's lateral movement. But by the same token, it isn't it isn't tennis. It's not ever going to be tennis. Right, but. You no, know, the answer to your question is it has lost some of its charm, yeah. Let's stop and talk about that f- for just a minute because I think it, it brings up an interesting point. Before we switched over to Wimbledon, the TV in the studio was on cornhole. Hey. Uh, and, and, yeah. and, you know, you laugh at it, but they're obviously, it's a big thing. Everywhere you go, you find cornhole sets, and they're, they're, a lot of them are expensive. Mm-hmm. I mean, 100 bucks or more to buy a, you know, basically... It's big bo- business. People boards, design them and sell them. Yeah. Two boards of wood and a couple of bags of of rice and uh, yeah. and but their ESPN two was televising some cornhole championship. Mm-hmm. You think people are leaning away from traditional sports these days? I think it's all uh, it's all based on whatever happens to be faddish at the time. How about uh, uh, horseshoes, quoits, mm-hmm. croquet? They were all big at one time, mm-hmm. and uh, people conglomerated to whatever was going on. But hey, the cornhole happens to be the thing now that everybody mm-hmm. plays. And uh, see them, see them at restaurants and all that sort of thing. But it's a fad. People are into it. It'll it'll take its dive, just like everything else. It, it's all part of the way we live. As a youth who watched as many sports as I could, I fondly remember Joe being up at one or two in the morning and watching strongman competitions and. 
axe cutting competitions, <laughs> ping log pong. cutting. Uh, ping pong was televised. Roller derby. I was a huge roller derby fan when that was still around, and you know it's still around. I shouldn't say that, but when it was popular and televised, yeah, it was. It was, was kind of like wrestling. There mm-hmm. was there was a lot of regional networks yes. that carried roller derby and roller derby teams, and but I think it's interesting that. There's certain things that get televised, once again, that seem to come back into mm-hmm. fashion. I think people are uh, kind of moving away from the non-traditional athletics. Personally, I feel that way. What do you think, Josh? Yeah, I, th- I, think, well, I think what you're seeing is you have people who were, are not, maybe not able or didn't want to play those traditional athletics. And so they've picked up something else. And it's become popular enough to where it's getting press, it's getting TV time, it's getting a championship that's sponsored by some company, so there's money involved in it. And I think you you see that in a lot of pop culture. You know, there there's a game called Magic the Gathering, which is a card game, and when it first came out, you know, it was an interesting concept, but now they have a world championship tournament where the winner gets like $3 million. <laughs> same, same, I think, can be said, guys, for these e-games. Oh, yes. oh, yeah. It happens to be the thing. Yep. How long will it last? Well, nobody knows, know, but right? uh, it may be around forever, but I kind of feel it falls into that fad category. That's where we are right now. Now, there are other, other circumstances that don't. The identification part of it, uh, really figures into whether or not the human species can compete like everyday golf, oh, yeah. tennis. They can't in basketball or baseball because that requires the elite athlete who one can identify with, but only from a team standpoint. Mm-hmm. But from an individual, yeah, I play tennis. Well, do you play like Roger Federer? No, but I play <laughs> tennis. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> You're listening to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. We're having a conversation about non-traditional sports. It just kind of came up because we were watching Cornhole earlier. You were talking about eSports. A couple of years ago, we had on the uh, athletic director mm-hmm. for Drury mm-hmm. University, and he said that they had actually started an eSports scholarship, eSports mm-hmm. team at the school. So that might end up being something a little more than a fad. I don't see, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Kyle Motes starting a... Uh, cornhole team at <laughs> Missouri State University, but you never know. Ned's looking at me. You never know. You never know. Well, yes, we do. We do know in that one. That's that's not going to happen, but I'll tell you what they do have is an NCAA sport at Missouri State, and that's beach volleyball. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. That does count. Uh, it is one of the, I don't know how many Missouri State has. I know they're mandated to have at least 16 sports, and I think that's the same with Drury. Mm-hmm. But that's why Drury has the fishing and uh, I think maybe Missouri State might be entertaining rowing or something like that. They haven't mm-hmm. put it in yet. But whatever the case is, you do have to fill that particular billet uh, for, for any kind of sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, the eSports, I, 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 just cannot, I just cannot imagine that's going to overtake. Because for one thing, it does require a piece of equipment to be able to do mm-hmm. it. And it's not inexpensive. So I think there are many variables involved here. It is it's really interesting to see the way that people embrace and change sports over the years. And I don't want anybody to take what we're saying as being demeaning of anybody that does any of these things. Because if you watch somebody that's at the top of whatever they do, we were watching the cornhole and, and Josh said, do these guys ever miss? And as mm-hmm. a person who plays oh, yeah. cornhole and is lucky to get one in, in a game... <laughs> 
you know, I'm like, wow, how do they do that? Mm -hmm. I've admitted in the past that I watch darts and these guys Mm -hmm. are in less physical shape than I am. And they, (laughs) you know, they're able to, to do this amazing thing. I, I mean, it is, it is amazing. And you talked about beach, beach volleyball. When I watch those, when I watch people play beach volleyball, I just think the, just the endurance you have to have to slog through that sand and then play at a top level, especially because I think there's only two people on a side, and it, right. it's pretty mm-hmm. amazing. What you mentioned there, the key word that you used was the endurance because yeah. that figures into every single level of athletic competition and mm-hmm. competition, period, in, yeah, in society. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you can endure whatever the circumstances are, uh, then you can usually, it, it's called consistency. And if you can be consistent with what you do, doesn't always mean you're going to win. But if you can consistently be in a challenging situation in anything, you're going to be all right. But that requires concentration, motivation, and dedication. You better be able to dedicate yourself to what you're going to do. True? I think we live in an age where non-traditional sports are becoming more and more to the fore. Is there anything that you watch, John, that you, you know, non-traditional, you like, sure. it's on TV, I got to see this. Here's a great example. And I think with the non-traditional sports that we're talking about, a lot of this is, you know, somebody can't just decide to play baseball on an afternoon. You have yeah. to get, you know, 18 people at least. Football, basketball, same thing. It's harder. When you look at something that I'm going to bring up that was popular for a decade, Red Hot, what about Texas Hold'em? Have we forgotten about how popular that was? Yeah, I can't watch that, though. See, I can just because it's a fascinating game. It does require skill. You know, it's it's against an opponent. And we talk about endurance. Some of those matches go on for days at a time between these guys. And, I mean, we're not far removed from Doyle Brunson becoming a household name after years and Daniel Negreanu and, you know, all of the other top players. That was big for a solid decade. So I look at eSports and some of these other things, and I think they may have better steam power than some may think. It's it's accessible. Yes, it requires equipment, but it's feasible for your average person to be I, able to participate. I think that's a great point because, you, as I said, when you look at the guys that, that throw darts, you think, mm-hmm. that guy weighs more than I do. <laughs> and, he probably and, and I'm like sure he's drunk while he's doing yeah. it, too. So, he's you know. a pint in one hand and the dart in the other. A cigarette hanging out of his mouth. Yeah. And, you know. What about you, Josh? I, I love darts. I, I, yeah, if well, you, I see darts, you spent time TV, in Great Britain. Yeah, so. I did, and and I, I can honestly tell you that I knew a guy in in London that was the best dart thrower I have ever seen, and he was exactly what you just described: cigarette hanging out of the left side of his mouth, <laughs> pint in one hand, and he was left handed. And I'd say, hit a triple twenty, bam, he'd hit it. Hit a double bull, bam, he'd hit it. He was the best dart thrower I'd ever seen. Yeah, but Michael, Josh, think about this though; they have done this. Oh, forever. They From grew the up. Time they I mean, were two years old. That's right. Yeah, yeah. going Absolutely with dad true. to the pub, yeah. and mm-hmm. that, that's how. You, that is exactly how you learn a skill. It's doing it from the very young age. The great tennis players, Djokovic, Federer, they all took this game up when they were five and six years exactly. old. Exactly. Yeah. Here's yeah. one that. Here's one that I I may not get the name right. What was the the Red Bull sponsored thing, Flugtog or something, where they would make these, they would make these vehicles that they were trying to get to fly, and then they yeah, they push them off of a cliff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I remember that. They were they were 
judging how far they would go before well, they hit the water. Geez. Have you ever watched the, the 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 flying things where they have the smaller planes mm-hmm. and they fly through this obstacle oh, course? Yes. And I think that's big in Australia. Mm-hmm. And then recently I watched, and some of these things, when you turn them on, you're just fascinated by them. Like, well, how does this work? How did this end up on TV? How does somebody get to be so good? One of the ones that I was amazed with was the drones. The the drone stuff is is amazing (laughs) when you watch it. But again, it doesn't require athletics, but it requires a tremendous amount of discipline and skill (laughs) and eye and hand. Well, eye and hand coordination. I mean, that is athletics, Mm -hmm. but it's kind of amazing. I've got to tell you guys, this just doesn't fall into this category. But when I was a kid, and this is many, many years ago, one of the TV staples was the what is it called? Destruction Derby or something like that. Oh, yeah. oh absolutely. And it was always held on this <laughs> on this course or whatever you call it at West Islip, Long Island. <laughs> and they'd send cars out there and they would crack up and, mm-hmm. and it made great television. Actually, it was kind of filmed and then mm-hmm. the film was cut. Then they had, and here's our feature, the crack up of the week. What <laughs> on earth is... <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm on well. You remember the days of ABC's wild wor- wide oh, world of sports? This always it. preceded it, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. And there were so many things that you got to see sport-wise that ABC would televise mm-hmm. for those. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's the first place that I got to see the Harlem Globetrotters. Yep. yep. I'm trying to think what else was that's on the, there. That's the first place I saw Muhammad Ali box. Really? It was on Wide World of Sports. Really? It was a great yeah. show. Was that the, the fight with uh, Norton? Probably. Yeah. I was young enough that I don't. I just remember Muhammad Ali in a boxing match on regular television. Now, I'll tell you what that was, too. That was the 72 match with Norton, the kid who played uh, basketball at Northeast Missouri. And Norton beat him, broke his jaw in that fight. And Howard, I can't believe I'm seeing you know, it. It was one of those Saturday right. made for TV that Ali was supposed to win and did not. Just like the USA was supposed to beat Nigeria last mm. night and did not. <laughs> Well, I mean, talking about a sport that's gained an immense amount of popularity in a really short span of time, the last decade is MMA. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And it, I mean, it's really eclipsed boxing. First mm-hmm. of all, the characters in it, not, I'm not, again, not demeaning, but it is the, the, the people that are bigger than life. Yeah. Like the boxing, like boxing stars Muhammad Ali and. Joe Frazier and Ken Norton and, and Joe Lewis, all those guys were, were bigger than life sort of people. Mm-hmm. And the, these MMA guys are the same way. Mm-hmm. And last night there was the, the match with Colin McGregor and Connor McGregor. Con- Connor, Connor McGregor. Connor McGregor. Yeah. I said mm-hmm. Colin McGregor. Sorry about and that. He, what he did was he apparently fractured his ankle yes. and, uh, and could wow. not go on. And Poirier uh, gets the decision. I think Poirier probably was going to win it anyway. But mm-hmm. there's where I have the argument about that sport. That isn't the skill level that boxing is. No, Boxing it's not. is a base sport. Come on, the mm-hmm. ob- object is to knock the other guy's head off. But there is defense. There are skill levels with bob and weave and jab. There's nothing in this MMA. So you throw the guy <laughs> to the ground and stomp on him and whatever. And I, I, well, I don't I, like it. I would kind of disagree with you there because these guys are trained in, in martial arts where they're supposed to be able to get people in holds, prevent mm-hmm. themselves from getting in holds and locks. And so there's a lot more of that going on. That The problem is you don't necessarily notice it when they're like rolling around on the ground because one <laughs> of them's trying to get the other one in a right. chokehold and the other one's trying to stop it. So you see a lot of 
dead time mm-hmm. in MMA when guys are like that. I like it when they're more standing toe-to-toe anyway because then it's more like boxing. Mm-hmm. I will tell you, though, Josh, uh, and this is not an argument anyway, but uh, I saw the clips, the video clips. The place where they had this in Las Vegas was sold out. looked like about 20, 22, 23,000 people. And then I wanted to see the massive eruption of the crowd when a certain individual walked in mm-hmm. prior to it. Uh-huh. And did you see that? No. The president of the United or former yes. president of the United States was oh, there no. in attendance, and the place went wild. <laughs> huh. These are his his people right. out there. But over and above all that, it does have it does have an appeal. Oh yeah, does, and you cannot deny that. Is it the appeal that a true boxing individual aficionado might have? Probably not. It doesn't. It does not appeal to me. Mm-hmm. I I think when you saw somebody that really knew what they were doing in the boxing ring, when you saw somebody, it was it, boxing's nickname is the sweet science. Oh yes. And you, when you saw somebody that was a really great boxer, mm-hmm. you t- you had a huge appreciation for the sport. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mike Tyson electrified the sport, but he wasn't a great boxer. Mm-hmm. No. He just could take a punishment. Right. And he Evander, could get Evander in close Holy. enough. He could get in close enough to a guy because, the, you know, he could take the hits. Oh, yeah. And yeah. then once he got in close enough, the guy was done. Right. That was yeah. it. It was over. I think Evander Holyfield was a great boxer. He was. He yeah. was. He had a lot of abilities about him, too, much more than Tyson had. Yeah. Uh, you're right about Tyson. Very physical character. And look how long his reign lasted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not very long. He was probably at his peak for what a year, year and a half. I would say, yeah, here. right in there. And then lifestyle and things of that nature got mm-hmm. to him. But so did his lack of boxing knowledge. That's right. Yeah, Bruno Whitaker was someone sweet, who I absolutely Jesus. adored well, because he was a technician in the ring. Watch some of the some of the the bantamweight and the lightweight oh, yeah. middleweight guys, uh Tommy Hitman Hearns. Oh yes. Yeah. Sugar Ray Leonard, mm-hmm. Marvin Hagler. Marvin Hagler, um I can't think of his name right now. Leo Cesar Chavez. Chavez. Manny What's, Pacquiao? Yeah, Manny Pacquiao. Manny Pacquiao. Pac-Man. Oh, yeah. Just great boxers. I mean, guys that had a, a, a true skill. That's right. With what yeah. they're doing. Usually the better fights were not the heavyweight fights. Oh, no. They were true. the they were the lighter weight fights. Well, it was a great conversation. I enjoyed that. So we'll talk some, about some more traditional sports <laughs> as we hit the next segment. It's Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs radio network. When, well, it's Sunday. That's where we're at. I got ahead of myself there. I was thinking about something else. Sunday afternoon, and we're talking sports. I'm Joe Weston, Josh Roberts, John Oliver, Ned Reynolds. We got in talking about non-traditional sports. Let's talk a little basketball. First of all, let's go to the NBA Finals. And so far, it's all gone Phoenix Suns' way. I, uh, You were talking about Devin Booker. I have not watched him play that much, but what I've seen, very impressive. And also a member of the U.S. Olympic team who is not able to play, uh, at least right now. He will be when the uh, when the series is over. He'll join them. Same with Chris Middleton of Milwaukee and Jeru Holiday. They, those three Olympic team members are out at the moment, so they're having to use... Uh, substitute players in there. But I think the Phoenix Suns are a very nice basketball team. I especially like DeAndre Ayton. I think he may be the key to this team. Big, rugged center who can do a lot of things in there and own the baseline on these teams. Uh, I I, I like Phoenix. That's not to say they won't uh, win all their games 
It won't be a sweep. I don't think oh, that'll okay. happen. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Do no. you foresee a sweep in this one? No, I think the Bucks maybe win tonight. The Bucks are a good team. Now. Yeah, no, I I know they're a good team. Giannis probably maybe the best player in the NBA. You, uh-huh. you say it's Kevin Durant, and maybe Giannis who's the best yeah, I player. Think, I think Durant's the best player in the world. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? You're uh, John Oliver's our resident NBA expert. What do you think? I think this has been a the. I was talking about this with a friend of mine, and I think the playoffs and the finals have spelled out that the NBA is set for at least a decade to come. Young stars are coming out of the woodwork. You've got Giannis, absolutely, you know, amazing. Devin Booker's a young guy we brought up. Ned, you brought up DeAndre Ayton, who this was his coming out party for me. People forget some of these guys come out when they're 18. And so they think they've been in the league two or three years like Ayton has. They're a flop. Ayton's 21, yeah, he's got a lot of time left. So I mean, between these guys and the Trey Youngs and Jason Tatum's and Zion Williamsons, basketball's great. The finals have been entertaining. It's all been the Suns. I definitely would not count out the Bucks by any means, but I think it would be really nice for Chris Paul, who I think is a name most people know, to finally get a, a finals win. <laughs> He's got to stop or got to apportion his time selling insurance as opposed to. Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> have you watched any, Josh? I haven't watched any, but you again, know why are you on the show? No, it, it, <laughs> here's my opinion of, of all this. If it's not the Lakers, it's over. But um, no, I think it's cool that two different teams are in the finals for once. I, you mm-hmm. know, as much as I'm an Alabama homer and I want them to win the national championship every year in college football, I like to see. Other teams get an opportunity to win a championship in other sports. So I think it's cool that the Suns are in there. I think it's cool that the Bucks are in there. Whoever wins, I think it's cool. Yep. Yeah, watch a little bit of it. I think you'll find it entertaining oh, yeah. mm-hmm. to watch. Ned, you wanted to talk about, uh, well, an upset last night. Tell us about it. Not surprised and not shocked because the Nigerian <laughs> team that uh, beat the USA Olympic team is is a good ball club. Are they as mm-hmm. good as the USA? No, not personnel-wise, but they were last night because they were ready to play because their coach, Mike Brown, and all he is is a former NBA coach of the year with the Cavaliers and now currently an assistant coach with the Golden State Warriors, one of Greg Popovich's former assistant coaches. Mm-hmm. Mike Brown knows the game very, very well. He has taken this collection of Nigerian athletes, most of whom, if not all of them, live in this country, all of whom went to college here. Seven of them play in the NBA. Are they NBA stars? No. But what they can do is absorb the lessons. They out-hustled the USA yes. last night, <laughs> outscored them. It was, it was embarrassing. Outscored them with 60, 60 of their 90 points, 60 of the 90 points were results of three-point shots. They made 20 of them in the game. Wow. USA had maybe five or six or seven somewhere around That's there. Golden State hot. Yeah. Well, it, what it, I'll tell you what it was, picking and screening. Mm, and the oh, USA yeah. did none of that, none whatsoever. That's kind of surprising because that's the hallmark of a Greg Popovich basketball right. team. There is no question about that's That's exactly right, but they haven't been together that's, but more than a week. Mm-hmm. And not everybody's there. Not that the three who were missing, well, Devon Booker may have been, made a big difference because he's a pretty good scorer. Yeah. But they couldn't score. Here is a guy like 
Durant, who is the best basketball player in the world, and he had 17 points, and that's really misleading because he <laughs> missed an awful lot of them. Jason Tatum missing shots. Uh, Bradley Beal missing shots that were underneath. But those things do happen. That's part of basketball. But the bottom line is this. The Nigerian team is very much indicative of what the USA is going to face mm-hmm. in the Olympic Games. You've got to be ready every single time out, no matter what the situation is. Do you see a gold medal in USA's future or not? Haven't seen, of course, any of the other teams play. The USA plays Australia tomorrow night, and then they play Argentina the next night, and then I think they have the Aussies Does, again. Does uh, Oscar still play for the Argentina team? O- o- Oscar. Oscar. O- Oscar. Oscar. Now, Oscar. I think he's in a nursing home. <laughs> <laughs> he was a great basketball player. He, uh, yes. he's, he's the best basketball player internationally who never played here right. in the yeah. USA. That guy mm. could do everything. Mm. Anyway, no, he's he was Brazil, I think, if I'm not mistaken. No, there was Argentina. Maybe it was Brazil. I think it was Brazil. Oh, all those countries the, run together. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wow. but, but the Argentinian team will be a very good one. They bring players yes. up to compete in the NBA, and they, they're good because basketball's developed into an international sport, mm-hmm. and you're bringing in and developing players who are outstanding. You've got to be ready to play. That's one thing the NBA has done extremely well is they've gone outside of their outside of the United States to develop basketball in other countries. You know, it's something that Major League Baseball is doing well. Football has a difficult time with it because it just doesn't translate to other com- countries, I think. Right. Other countries like to watch it, but as far as getting international players, that's something that's kind of yet to be seen whether that'll happen with the NFL. Um what do you think, Johnny? Did you watch the game last night? What's your thoughts on it? I saw some highlights of it. It's, you know, it's your typical... Ned made a great point. These guys, they're all great basketball players. We, there's no denying that. But they've only been together a week. Their egos, they aren't used to playing with each other. It's going to take some time for this team to gel. And I think that's been the U.S.'s Achilles heel in the Olympics for the times they haven't done well. You have individuals who are more concerned about how they look. They need to score 20 points to keep their favor as opposed to scoring 10 and helping the team win. So I hope this group isn't that. I think Greg Popovich is a fantastic coach. I think if anyone can get them to play together, it's him. But this brought out the issues that we've seen when the U.S. has looked bad in international competition. It becomes a a stat game rather than playing as a team as the other countries will because their reputations are on the line. Mm-hmm. Here's an interesting point that I was thinking of, Neb, when you were talking about this. When you face a team like Nigeria or Argentina or Brazil or wherever, most of these guys have played together mm-hmm. for a significant amount of time. And so it's like for them... Getting back into, oh, I, you know, I played with this guy and we played with all, it's like getting back together with the old gang mm-hmm. and playing basketball. It probably doesn't take them as long as taking all this disparate parts from the USA team. No question about it. That is, that is the fact. Now you say the argument to that is, well, they don't have pro basketball in those countries. Oh, contrary. They, <laughs> they do. do. Yeah. They, right. But they also have situations where everybody can stay together and play together. Not here. We're mm-hmm. very diverse with what we do. And during the NBA season, which is lengthy from late September until now, for mm-hmm. heaven's sake, 
uh, coaches and owners don't want those players doing anything else, whereas in other countries they're a whole lot more lenient Mm -hmm. and can play together. It doesn't happen by magic. You have to come together and work together, and I think this USA team will because they're, they're, they're a pretty dedicated and intelligent bunch. But they got to watch out because... Fortunately for them, this game happened and it doesn't count. Uh-huh. But the others starting up uh, next week, they are going to count. I would ask Josh what his thoughts were, but I know he didn't watch it, so we're not even going to do that. We'll come back in a minute with our roundtable discussion. We'll talk about pretenders and contenders in Major League Baseball right here on Ned Talk. I'm just going to leave. You're listening to Ned Talk. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Yes, we are Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. Getting ready to start the schedules actually right in front of me. It's really tiny. Mike, the intern, picked the smallest, like almost a postage stamp (laughs) size schedule. And the first game on the schedule is August 14th. That is a Saturday at the San Francisco 49ers. Wow, that's like, that's a month away. It is. It's a month away before we start doing Ned Talk before football games. That's just insane. Insane to me. We're going to do our roundtable discussion, and we're at the midway point, the past the midway point, actually, for baseball statistically. But it is the traditional. Mm -hmm. It's the all-star break, which uh, last game before the break is tonight. The all-star game will be Tuesday night. And let's talk about that, Ned. Pretenders and contenders at the top of the AL West, Houston Astros. Now, they've been shut out the last two nights by my New York Yankees. (laughs) I would still label them as a very strong contender. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to win, but uh, they're in a a tough division. And the Astros, I'll tell you who to watch out for is the Angels. They're playing Mm -hmm. very well at the moment. Are they a team that's capable of... of doing that consistently, that remains to be seen. But I put the Astros in the contender situation. They're they're not pretenders by any stretch of the imagination. They're not as strong as the uh, world champion Astros of several years ago, but they are still a very good team. Now, Oakland's fallen off the pace a little bit. They're three and a half back, and most of the season they've been at the top of that league, popped that division. What are your thoughts? Are they a pretender? Well, they also fall into the iffy category because when they were leading the league at the start of the year and played so very well, I remember making the statement, I don't know how this team does that. They're they're amazing. (laughs) They get, you know, their fan support is limited. They've already been given permission by Major League Baseball to seek a new home, and I think next year they'll have one. And maybe in California, but it also may be in Nevada. But be that as it may, it's a team that has everything going against them, and yet they still win. Now, can they this year? They've begun to falter just a little bit. Uh, I would still label them as a contender, but not a strong one. The one division in Major League Baseball that always seems to be a runaway division is the American League Central. (laughs) And the Chicago White Sox have, I would say, quietly stayed on top of that division. They have a seven seven and a half game lead over the Cleveland Indians. What are your thoughts on the White Sox, John? The White Sox are for real. Um, They were my preseason favorite to win the pennant in the American League. Tony La Russa is a great manager, no matter what age he's at. Uh, 
at the end of the day, though, this team is so talented. Tim Anderson is one of the most dynamic players in the major leagues. He's leading off. Jose Abreu is a perennial MVP. They're getting reinforcements back, too, on top of this. They've stayed on top with injuries. Yohan Moncada has missed a lot of time for them. Luis Robert will be back in about a month. Uh, Eloy Jimenez, who many have forgotten about because he got hurt before the season, will be back shortly. And then pitching-wise, Carlos Rondon, Lance Lynn, Dallas Keuchel. <laughs> You're going to count on Lance this, Lynn? Hey, uh, the guy is pitching Cy well. Young Asian worthy. Really, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right. And then you're yeah. overlooking the big one. Here they go to the farm, and who mm. do they bring up? Their number one draft choice of several years ago, one Jake Berger from Missouri State University. That's right. All he does is fill in and go, get this. He's played in, I think, 10 games since they called him up, batting 381 at the yes. moment. Good gracious. Come on. This is an embarrassment of riches on that team. It is. American League East, the Boston Red Sox are on top there. They've been kind of flip-flopping back and forth with the Tampa Ray, Tampa Bay Rays. Josh, do you care? <laughs> <laughs> um, no. I don't okay. care about the American League. All right, Except for the Royals. I like the Royals. Let's go Let's go back to Ned. Boston Red Sox. Well, I, think, I think they're a contender. Yes. The Red Sox are, yeah, but I, they're going to have to fend off Tampa Bay because yeah. the, uh, mm-hmm. the, at the Rays were the World Series team last year. They know what they're doing. They're another one kind of like the Oakland A's in a way. They don't have a whole lot of support playing the smallest ballpark in Major League mm-hmm. Baseball, and still they're getting – the impetus to win, and they continue to win, and it's more mental with them. They're good players, but they also know that they belong out there and are going to do well. The most consistent team in baseball this season, and they still have the best record in baseball, is the San Francisco Giants, mm-hmm. quietly, 56-36, and 36, but they only have a two-game lead over a team that is kind of slumbered through most of the season. That's the Dodgers. What are your thoughts on the Dodgers, John? Uh, The Dodgers will win that division. Uh, San Francisco's a nice story. They've played extremely well. I think they'll definitely make the playoffs. However, the the core that they were relying on is aged at best. Yeah, Buster Posey's. Buster Posey's now hurt. Uh, Evan Longoria is out for an extended period. He was one of their big bets. They do still have Brandon Crawford, who... At 33-34 is having an exceptional year for a shortstop. Uh, Those guys are going to break down. I don't think the pitching outside of uh, Gaussman is there. I I just see the Dodgers running away with it now with Bellinger healthy. Seager's on his way back soon. I really think they'll run away with it. Don't mean this to be disparaging to the Cardinals, but when they go into San Francisco and take two out of three from the Giants, Mm -hmm. you have to say, oh, my goodness. And this team was in the lead at one point. (laughs) Now, the Dodgers, admittedly, folks, admittedly, the worst team in baseball is the Arizona Diamondbacks. The Dodgers (laughs) beat them last night 22-1. to Ooh. Well, I think any given day with baseball, because I certainly don't think that the Yankees are better than the Astros. But as I said, they mm-hmm. shut them out the last two days in a row. Yes. And when you, you shut down a high-powered offense like that, it can happen. And it happens to the good teams. There's teams every year that it seems like y- your team can't beat, mm-hmm. whatever that team is. We'll get to the National League Central. Just hold on shortly. <laughs> let's, go to the, let's go to the National League East. The uh, Mets are doing it with pitching. Mm-hmm. They're atop of that division by four games over the Atlanta Braves. Your Phillies are four and a half back. That's probably the closest 
division in baseball because the Nats are still lingering out there at six games back. So all that's really within striking distance. Really, the Marlins at 10, the only team that's not in it. Do you think the Mets are for real? I do. They, when you have a Jacob deGrom throwing at, to lead your staff, you have a very good mm-hmm. pitching staff. You can count Atlanta out of it. They've lost their top player, Acuna. He is out for the year now with a knee injury. Uh, so I look for them to plummet. Philadelphia will stay in there mm-hmm. if they get their offense being uh, consistently strong, and they are capable of doing that. When you get a Harper in there and some of the other key parts of that ball club, they can play the game. It's a matter of whether or not Girardi can get them in a cohesive case and whether or not he can get his pitching to remain intact uh, long enough. They could overcome the Mets. I don't think they will. I think the Mets win that division, though. National League Central, one everybody cares about. Let's talk about it right now. Um, it is a, a division that seems, for the most part, that everybody's in it, except for the Pittsburgh Pirates, who are 19 games out. Mm-hmm. They are just behind the Cardinals, who are eight and a half back. The Cubs are eight and a half back. Cincinnati's five back. And Milwaukee's on top. Is Milwaukee for real? Start yes. with you, John. They are. They absolutely are. Um, you know, getting Yelich back somewhat healthy has helped yep. them. The thing that goes under the radar for most is they made a trade for a, quote, light-hitting shortstop, Adamus. Willie Adamas, <laughs> who has absolutely invigorated that team. They are for real. Uh, Azvel Garcia is having a fantastic year for them. Their bullpen, Devin Williams, St. Louis kid, Josh Hader, Starting pitching's been strong. They're going to win that division. Now, do you see a wild card team coming out of the rest of the Central? I'm not convinced. Hey, well, Cincinnati, so. Cincinnati, well, it's tough to say because the Padres and the Dodgers both have really good records. Mm-hmm. They both have over 50 wins at this point. And then it's Cincinnati that would be kind of on the cusp of that. You talked about Cincinnati being a really good team. But the pitching's not been there. Yeah, they have a very good offensive ball club. They can hit the daylights out of the ball. Matter of fact, going into today's game, they have taken two from the Milwaukee Brewers in Milwaukee. The Reds can play, but I don't think they have the consistent level of pitching to really stay in a race. The one that I had an interview with Bob Nightingale, who, in my opinion, is the best baseball writer in America. He says he does not see the Brewers going anywhere at all. They're going to stay on top. Does he see the Cardinals in the race? Cardinals would have to get very hot, Uh very hot, and get their pitching staff back, get a Flaherty back, get a Michaelis back. Michaelis, I don't think, is going to come back, in my opinion, but Flaherty Uh will. And with some of these other guys they have, now they have Martinez, and he's apparently gone for the year. This is a, a thumb ligament. Now, is that necessarily a bad thing? Not really, because uh, he's been shelled in some of his appearances this year, but then he is an innings eater in a, in a lot of respects. So he's out. They're having to go. Here's, here's a giveaway, guys, in my opinion. When you take a look at the minor leagues, and especially at A level, where the Springfield Cardinals are right now, and their record is, I think, 21 and 36 or 20 and 36 or 21 and 36. They came off a six game winning streak. Two of the pitchers on their staff, the club has gone to independent ball Uh to get these pitchers. Now, does that tell you something? (laughs) Does me. Your team is the Cubs, Josh. I know you have an opinion about this. So 
their uh, reports is that they're in a fire sale mode. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have a feeling. I mean, I if you asked me if they were a contender, I'd say no, they're not. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I don't think, I think the Brewers are going to win that division and nobody else is going to come out of it in the playoffs just because they're going to beat each other up all season. And, mm-hmm. and the Brewers just kind of keep raising that level a little bit more. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised to see the Cubs do a fire sale. And I just... You know, I mean, they're still they're still basking in the glory of winning a World Series in 2016. <laughs> Is Anthony Rizzo one of those? I think it's very possible. I mean, I think I wouldn't be surprised if if all of them go. I mean, if I don't know, you know, Rizzo, no, but Bryant, yes, in my opinion. I think Bryant and Kimbrel and will Kimbrel both be traded. I think Baez is kept, and I think Rizzo is kept. I see Kimbrell going back to the Red Sox. I absolutely because agree. I think that may be one of their weak points is their is their is their bullpen. I don't know where do you, I mean Chris Bryant. You know the Dodgers will be in on that mm-hmm. because they want every young star that they could <laughs> they possibly do. get. They're the Yankees of the seventies mm-hmm. because they just try to snag up everybody everybody they can. That being said, you know we're close to the next big mark in baseball. That's the the trade deadline, and mm-hmm. quickly. Max Scherzer is the the golden goose out there that everybody wants, but you know Washington's not out of it at six games. They're they're not going to let him go, and in, in my opinion, the market is not right for him. The Washington's going to want a king's ransom for them, and and the Cardinals certainly won't give that up. Uh, no, I foresee him staying with Washington. I see him staying with a team that could make a charge. Don't mm-hmm. count Washington out of this thing yet. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Let's real quickly go around the table and say, who do you see making a charge? In the East? In anywhere. In, in, in Washington, baseball. Washington. At this point, I think Oakland will right side. I think they'll they'll be fine. Josh? I don't. I, I, I agree with Oakland, but I think what you guys have already said, I think the Dodgers are going to you know, yeah. keep moving and, and end up blowing that division away. I will be the eternal optimist and say the Yankees are going to make a charge oh, here. I could absolutely say I that. I think that maybe some of their moves here early in the season to try to keep these guys healthy will maybe come back to help them as they go forward. And they, play, they played really well, but they're so inconsistent. Right. I mean, one week they go four and six or two and eight, and the next week they go eight and, you know, eight and two. So mm-hmm. we'll come back and wrap up the show in just a minute. It's Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. Back to Ned Talk on 104.7 The Cave. A proud member of the Kansas City Chiefs Radio Network. I mentioned it. We're just around the corner from the start of the season. It's about a month away. And I'm excited. The uh, Chiefs news to report for this week is not good. Frank Clark has been charged with a felony. And real quickly, do you see them parting ways with Frank Clark? Not only has he been charged with a felony, that was his first offense. The one that occurred a couple weeks ago, he hadn't even been charged in that yet. That's still pending. A felony for a concealed weapon carries about a, a jail term. The answer to your question, Joe, is no, I do not see him suiting up at all. Maybe never again. Wow. that's uh, That really hurts from a guy just being a bonehead, as it we does. talked about before. It's mm-hmm. just um, just absolute silliness. Uh, the cheetah got engaged. That's our other <laughs> big news story to pass along the week. Congratulations to him. Mitch Holtis will be coming to Springfield on July 22nd. He will be at the Riff, which is the corner of Kansas Expressway and Sunset. It is part of the... Classic Rock Coffee Complex. This event sells out, 
And tickets are still available, though, for it right now online at 1047thecave.com or through the Cave app. Ned Brinnells will be there. Ned, you want to pitch this real quick? Art Haynes and I will do the interview, which we do every year with Mitch, who he carries the show himself. He has to. Are <laughs> oh, you, yeah. guys, oh, yeah. you guys going to be able to go? Yes. Yeah. Good. Uh, yes. I probably won't be, but. Why not? It's a fun time. It really is. Mitch, you got to be there. Do you just not care about things anymore? I love everything. <laughs> Josh, I'm just giving Mitch you a hard is, time, uh, very affable. He identifies very strongly oh, with yes. the audience, as he would. They're all chiefs. Mm. Then he gets them all together at the end, and he goes through. It's choreographed, of course. It's one, two, three. You're going to do what I say, and absolutely touchdown. Yep. It's, it's, fun. it's very funny. Yeah. Very I, funny. Want to ha- I want him to do put the hammer down. <laughs> oh, there you go. This year. That would yeah. be cool if he did that. I've been to a couple of these and it it is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, Mitch Holtis made me a fan of him yeah. because he's you, mm-hmm. you get his personality. You get him even though he's not uh, one of the main things that we always tell you when you go into this business is that, that people need to feel like you're talking directly to them. Mm-hmm. And Mitch Holtis makes you feel he's talking to you. He's just your mm-hmm. excited friend at the bar or on the couch or wherever you're watching the game at. <laughs> and uh, But he's also the, the, the knowledgeable friend. Mm-hmm. And uh, he does a spectacular job. If you're on the fence about going to this, go. It's and fun. I'll tell you how... Good it is. The governor was there two years That's ago. That's right. And we'll have food from Civil Kitchen there, too. Mm-hmm. So it should be a really, really good night. Again, tickets available, 1047thecave.com, where you can get them through the Cave app. And like I said, it's a lot of fun. July 22nd. I don't know what else to report about the Chiefs. I think otherwise it's been pretty quiet. Well, it, it, sure, training camp doesn't yep. begin for another two weeks. The, this is the big training camp. But uh, no, and and when you begin with a sordid story like Frank Clark, that's that's not usually very positive. In fact, mm-hmm. n- n- not usually. It never is very no. positive. I just don't understand what what in the world the man is thinking. And that's just the first of the offenses, right? Not yeah, thinking. Well, not thinking. Right. Yeah. So you're gonna go home and uh, watch the cornhole championships, or what are you gonna watch? In no, TV my my afternoon calls for a quick preparation. I've got a TV game tonight with the Springfield Cardinals. That's right. Ned will be on TV tonight himself, so we can all go home and watch Ned. What, Thank you. What are you gonna watch? Uh, I was gonna watch the Cardinals Cubs. It's already been postponed for the day due to rain. Um, oh. I'll probably get some housework done. Honestly, oh, it yeah. doesn't sound like fun. That's Josh, right. what are you gonna do? <laughs> I'm going to watch England versus Italy in the UEFA. I thought you were flipping the UEFA European Championship. I've been not nice to you. We love Josh. Don't take it the wrong way. We do. We. I love Josh very dearly. I'm the comic relief around here. No, These love, guys are the sports. I fans. love everybody here. Everybody does a great job. Thank you so much. We will see you guys in a week. If you are just tuning in and wanting the Devil's music, is is coming up next. And you can listen to us as a podcast. You can get that through our website, or you can download it wherever you get your podcast at. Thanks to Corbin Campbell, Scott Meyer, and Mike the Intern. We'll see you in a week. Ned Talk, 104.7 The Cave.